0: those yeah (laughs) it's all about the he said she said bullshit. bullshit he said it let's see if we can make this get all the way through here
1: I'll just say real quick, because people out there don't know what happened a second ago, but they can say, if this is one of those episodes where you might not want to hear necessarily about politics and history, this one might not be for you. Not going to express really very many opinions, just information. Not going to make this a forum to express how knowledgeable I am about a certain subject, but it definitely relates to the song. Mm -hmm. But Mark? Yeah. I mean, you know.
0: It's, uh, yeah, uh, people getting blown up and people writing songs about it. Yep. <laughs> lyrics to go the podcast where we take a deep dive into lyrics that are questionable at best but have largely dodged public ridicule until now i'm mark and i'm here with seth how are you i'm very good how are you good um not i mean there was some ridicule i guess about these about what about these lyrics
1: ridicule by who
0: um, well, we'll talk about it, um, but I mean, by we're people, jumping right in. We are. Yeah. I mean, should we just jump right in? I. I you know what? Cause we, I just, be, we just, we just recorded mere days ago. Right. But we're
1: just going to say real New quick New
0: episode already edited.
1: You saw the, um, the Barbie movie. I saw the Oppenheimer movie. Go see the Oppenheimer movie. I think it's pretty damn good. Not that I don't have bad things to say about the, uh, the Barbie movie. I just think that there's a little more bearing on the world today.
0: Have you seen the Barbie movie? Oh yes. Okay. Yes. It was okay. Yeah I, yeah, I think that um, not great, but okay. There's a lot of learning to be done through both movies. I'm sure. There, I'm going to see Oppenheimer tomorrow, but I'm sure. Um, I you know, it's like the Titanic. I know how it ends. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it'll be very very interesting Mark, to see that to take the but do take you. The road? Well, I mean, but do yes you? and no. That's going to be something
1: <laughs> that you'll see tomorrow. Um, yes, uh, but, if you're having a, an existential question about the self. Go see the Barbie Barbie movie if you're having an existential question about everything else, the world writ large. <laughs> go see the uh, the Oppenheimer movie and prepare to be a little bit horrified.
0: Um, yeah. wow to to choose to do this song, yeah. um, at this time. So we are recording uh, on July 29th, um. Three days after the unfortunate passing of Sinead O'Connor, another uh, Irish singer um, who has stood to make some huge political statements in the past against Catholicism and um, at the time the news that was coming out about rampant child abuse uh, and child rape. Mark? Yeah. In 2020? She had a point. Oh, yeah. I mean, yes, she had a point. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, Um, for sure. And, uh, you know, there's the famous I don't know if you ever seen the video of Chris Christopherson coming out to talk to her and talk her through being booed in New York City um, because she was just seen as so wildly um, hated because of her political stance um, against, you know, people that were Catholic and did not like what she had done on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. and she dealt very publicly with mental health issues and with a bunch of other stuff. And Well, her son killed himself. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, even before that, I mean, she had mental issues and talked about them. Yeah. Talked about shaving her head specifically so she wouldn't be raped. Um, talked about how, you know, she was, you know, her label tried to force her into um you know putting you know growing her hair out and putting on a skirt and sexualizing herself and her saying that she comes from you know a breed of singer who um was politically minded and had something to say and didn't want to sell herself and um i i think that we see a lot of that uh, with Dolores O'Riordan who likewise passed away um a, f- a number of years ago now um so it's it's wild that we're going to be talking about so much Irish stuff, and we lose another um, very vocal singer who also had to do a lot of fighting, another woman that had to do a lot of fighting probably in part um, because she's a woman and people thought they could just kind of box her in, tell you what's what, Yeah. Um, and fought hard against it. Um, so we are talking about Zombie by the Cranberries. Uh, released in 1994 off of the album No Need to Argue, their second studio album. Their first album had generated quite a bit of success for them. A great record. And they did a lot of touring in which they wrote this song and started working on it. And um, If everyone
1: know, else is doing it, why
0: can't we? Yes, the name of their first album, um, which is an awesome album name. No Excellent. Need to Argue is also a great album name. Yeah. Um, they wrote this song originally titled In 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 My Head, or In Your Head, in your head. I'm sorry. Uh, originally wrote the song and titled it In Your Head, and as they worked on it, she basically kept saying, it needs to be louder, it needs to be harder, and if you've heard any other Cranberries, and, and Seth alluded to this a little bit last week, and we had talked a little bit about it, if you know songs like Linger and Dreams and some of this other stuff, you know that they are very... Uh, you know, kind of jangly, very, um, you know, ethereal, dreamy, yeah. dreamy uh, very beautiful sound. Very. Uh, and this song really stands out. Um, a lot of people consider it their foray into grunge music, uh, because it was released in 94, the same year that, um, in utero, yes, in utero came out and the same year that Kurt Cobain killed himself. Uh, so a very heavy time in music and a very heavy time looking back at the nineties, um, just kind of in general with wars going on overseas and us just kind of waltzing into places and, uh, doing what, whatever we wanted. And then, um, and then this, um, the end of the troubles, uh, now I'll be honest with you. I know a little bit about the troubles, I know the the general idea and the song is about something a little bit more pinpointed, a little bit more specific. Seth, you are of proud Irish origin.
1: I have been told my entire life as a Southern youngster. If you're, let's put it this, uh, all out on the table. If you're a white kid in the South, the vast majority of the time you are ethnically described as what is known as Scotch Irish in the United States. Um, that would, for someone overseas, they would understand that to be someone whose uh, ancestry is from an area called Ulster in Northern Ireland, and I had been told that just like everyone else I know uh, that I grew up with, that I was Scotch-Irish from a very young age. They don't even know that term. Over there, they refer to, refer to them as Ulster-Scots, uh, meaning they're from
0: the province of Northern Ireland. Like five Ireland. or six counties, or five it's or six, six counties Ulster
1: cou- is nine counties. Uh, 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 Northern Ireland is six counties that make up the province of Northern Ireland that is not part of the United Kingdom. The -hmm. United Kingdom is Wales, Scotland, and England. It is the United Kingdom and Northern Ireland. It is a province on its own. It is a British protectorate. It is technically part of Great Britain. Um, I came back many years later and we started doing (laughs) genealogical research. And I do have one strong portion of my family that does come from uh county down in Northern Ireland. But if you were to describe the majority of what my family is from both sides, it would overwhelmingly be English. Um, come to that realization about six or seven years ago when I started doing genealogical research. Oof. Yeah, exactly. I've been told <laughs> it my whole life. Oh, you're Irish. And when I was over there, I spent, uh, I got to uh, Ireland, Northern Ireland, specifically what she is singing about, this area in 19... 19- 95 I was there uh, in 1995 and just a few months before I had gotten there the IRA had signed or had said that they were putting into effect uh, a cessation of all military operations and people were partying in the street when I got there. I got there one month or about three weeks after uh, a very very historic uh, visit by Bill Clinton where he went and spoke in front of Belfast City Hall, and he very much inspired them. They fell in love with him there, both sides. And when I got there, it was a perfect time to show up as an American because nobody really visited. They never really saw Americans before uh, Bill Clinton got there, and I did. And they were very, man, I I felt like a celebrity when I got there. They just treated me beyond good, beyond well. I was very well treated. Uh, even though at the time I very much looked like a metalhead from South Florida. <laughs> with, with red hair, though. long red hair, boots, and denim. And they were like, well, we thought they'd look a little better. <laughs> um, but uh, but I made a lot of friends that I still have to this very day. Um, uh, hopefully Neil and Gary will be, and Jenny and Claire, and maybe even Mark will be listening to this. Uh, shout out to my buddies in Belfast and Northern Ireland and Comber and East Belfast. Wonderful, wonderful people, great people. Um, I'm going to give a very quick summation of what she is singing about and how it started. I'm going to do my best to rip through this as quickly as possible. Hopefully it will give you some context as you start to learn about the song. Uh Ireland, hundreds of years ago, had been colonized by England, uh, and it remained that way all the way up through the 18th century. There were a series of wars and, uh, and things that took place. Um, Definitively, the British took over in 1690 with a series of battles that took place in the northern portions, not specifically in Ulster, but in the northern portions of Ulster, uh, culminating in a thing called the Battle of the Boyne. King Billy took over and we got uh, William and Mary. They they put in a parliamentary system when he became uh, king. Blah, blah, blah. This guy named Cromwell started a thing called the Plantation of Ireland. Just before that, he moved people from Lowland, Scotland, and Northern England into Ulster. And that set up a very British footprint in Northern Ireland that stayed to this day. It's still there. You James still, Cromwell, is that right? I, I don't know if it's specifically his, that's his first name, but it's a guy named... I think it's Oliver Cromwell. Oh, yeah, right. Um, You're right. It um, is yeah. Oliver Cromwell. But um, not getting too much into specifics. A series of wars took place... Um, basically Britain got a a permanent foothold until a war broke out in 1916 will be referenced in the song, which eventually, um, resulted in the partitioning of Ireland in the early 1920s. Uh, there was a very large portion of what they said were loyalist, British Protestants in the north that wanted to retain their Britishness. So since the early 1920s, Ireland has been partitioned, the six counties in the north and the other 26 in the uh, in the bottom south, which we now refer to as the Republic of Ireland, and recently they only want to be referred to as just Ireland. Ireland. Yes, exactly. So... Um, uh, a lot of different things happened. There was a tenuous peace that took place from 1921, 22. They actually had a civil war break out because of this poor, uh, partition for about two years down in the Republic of Ireland. Um, in the north, things sort of calmed down. There was always tension between the nationalist Catholic community that wanted to be part of the Republic and the British loyalist Protestant community that wanted to retain part of their Britishness and stay with with England and part of the United Kingdom. But that really popped off with a series of attacks that took place in neighborhoods. I don't want to point finger I mean, we're not this is where it gets really tenuous, okay? Not okay. specifically pointing fingers, but you could say that a portion of the Protestant loyalist um, uh, communities started to attack. They said they were attacked, a lot of finger pointing back and forth. Mm-hmm. And we do know that it's specifically in areas of Derry in the county of uh, Londonderry and, and Derry, and also in Belfast. These neighborhoods were being attacked. And then likewise. And this, this, these arguments started to break out. Now, because the British loyalist Protestants held a population advantage in the north for so many years they were able to essentially gerrymander the catholic population and keep them and this and and just like i said earlier the catholic nationalist population they had a point
0: Mm -hmm.
1: they were being marginalized they were they were they could not get good jobs they were relegated to less than decent housing and in very very difficult times in britain and they, they essentially, around the late 1960s, early 1970s, were very much inspired by the American African-American nonviolent resistance movement. And they used it to great, great effect. They had marches and they worked very well. It got the attention of the world until one day in January of 1972, they had a march in a city called Derry. And the British government sent in British troops to keep a tenuous peace, to keep the neighborhoods aside, and everything worked for a year or so. You know, when they first got there, they were welcomed mainly by the Catholic communities, and the British—I mean, the, the loyalist communities—kind of didn't like them. But then, that over time, that kind of switched because the British said, "Hey, they're British too, and they're here to defend us." Like, it just just the way things evolve, right? And then um, this march took place in January of 1972. And uh, he he said, she said. Some people said, the British troops said somebody started firing at us. Um, The marchers said they started firing on us from out of nowhere. It has been determined through investigations that there has been no conclusive proof that the British troops were fired on many years later. What we do know is on that day, something like, I don't know the exact
0: number, something like 9, 12, 13 people died. This is sort of like the shot heard around the world in the American Revolutionary War where you had a row of people and a row of people and someone shot. And this kicked off
1: a 30-year struggle known as the Troubles. Now, this is where it gets real shitty.
0: They had a point like n- nothing else here has been. shitty. Yeah, this is where it gets shitty on a personal level to us. It just it, real quick to give you a little bit of a break. You know, I was trying to yeah, look up on. a little bit of information, but <sighs> Ireland's been fucking kicked around. Man. <laughs> yeah, there's Dude, no doubt there is, I, you know, just reading, just even listening to a little bit of history about how England was basically using Ireland as like a livestock land. And then forcing them to, you know, talking about the potato famine, which you know
1: that, that that's that's just one. You're talking about a little
0: piece right. of the picture. Yes, I yeah. mean, if you really oh, want, absolutely. we can
1: go back. 1,400 years ago, oh, let's, yeah. let's start with the Vikings, okay? Right. It's just a series of people that have come and tried to shit on this land, yes, man. it is I mean, just like... They, they had it hard. They yeah. definitely, there is no arguing that at all. Yeah, And the Blaze Sunday kicked off recruitment. It was essentially the catalyst that started the IRA that we as the rest of the world know it and the way and this is the thing this is
0: the same sunday bloody sunday that you
1: too is that you too sang about exactly and and then we have this picture of um from that point on um because we are americans and we want a, a summarized version and a, and, a, and an easy version to understand there's good and there's bad and since that time we have looked at it as the IRA and the Irish versus the big, bad British army that came in and has been trying to maintain control, and it's just not that easy. Mm-hmm. It's just not. And I'm going to try and make this as quick as I can. After, after January 30th, 1972... I know, I'm, you're looking at your watch, but I'm going to do my best. No, 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 um, I'm looking at an email. Oh, okay. Good. Um, after 1972, all of a sudden all of these Catholic nationalist kids started signing up to go and join their local, essentially militias, their IRA uh, brigades to start a campaign uh, to get the British out. Now that, just saying getting the British out, it's not so simple because the majority of the population in Northern Ireland was British, or they they are British up until recently just within the last year has the demographic switched switched to where most of northern ireland is now nationalist catholic and that's only within within the last year the demographic has changed but before that you had people that wanted to remain part of britain and that is part of the equation that americans do not are not aware of now, at the same time, because of this, because of history, because of what you teach your children, because of policies and politics that are in place, this entire, this very large portion of the population had been marginalized and kept down. They started with a justified cause, and then slowly but surely it just turned into egos and neighborhood warring and factionalism and tribalism. And that's what we saw for 30 years. And this is what Dolores is singing about. She was raised in the Republic, which is overwhelmingly nationalist Catholic. However, she saw the damage that the IRA had done through its bombing campaigns. This song is specifically about an event that took place in a place called Warrington, where children were bombed. Jonathan Ball, age
0: three. There we go. Thank you, Mark. And Tim Perry, aged twelve, and she an IED that was placed inside of a trash can uh, by the IRA and exploded. Um, and Ball uh, died. The a three year old died at the scene of the bombing as a result of shrapnel. That's right. And oh, um, died in his five days arms. later. Perry lost his life as a result of head injuries. Fifty six others, yeah, were injured, some seriously. Perry died in his father's arms in a hospital in Walton, Liverpool. And that is one,
1: that is one of myriad bombings that took place and shootings and killings. Over 3,000 people died. Um, People that I knew were in, there was a pub bombing right outside Lisburn that a friend of mine named Lindsey, God bless you, Lindsey. He was there the night that six people died um, in a pub bombing. Um, there's just it, 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 it's it went and this is not to say that the British portion of the population of Northern Ireland is uh, completely uh, innocent no, of we... anything they also had things like the UDA and the UVF and the LVF that were Protestant paramilitary organizations just like you had the IRA and the provisional IRA on the other side and of course the British, Uh, military was not completely, you know, uh, they weren't saints either. They did lots of things wrong. That's what happens when, when wars break out, when these type of things take place. Now, a wonderful thing happened in 1998, just after my last visit there. They had these people, this guy named David Trimble, okay, and a guy named John Hume, awesome human being, another woman named Mo Molum. People stepped up, and they said, We can't just go tit for tat, we have to stop this. And in 1998, a thing called the Good Friday Agreement was signed. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and people, they went against their tribe, which is an unusual thing. Imagine if we did that in the United States today, how far we could get, because we're so much farther along than they are. We're not, I mean, tech. we shoot ourselves in the streets, but not for political reasons Over like over there. But just imagine if just for a few minutes some high-level politicians and people with substance or with positions of influence took the time to go against their tribe because because of that northern ireland has lived through 25 years of a relative peace now there is still sectarianism there but it's it's going on it, it is it is a peaceful place and it is a, and there are
0: people come from all over the world to visit northern ireland it's beautiful sectarianism just so you know is basically a two state solution trying to have two people uh coexist yes um well, it's not a solution. Sectarianism is the division. Well, yeah, the division. Yeah, the
1: Good Friday Agreement was was an attempt to solve this this two-state, these two separate people, Them try and bring them to the table, get them together, and it worked. It worked so far. Now, there's a lot of people saying that it might fall apart in the future, and we have yet to see if that's the case. But for 25 years, they have enjoyed a relative peace. Right after I got back, and I'll end it with this before we start talking about lyrics— um, I got back, um, and just before the Good Friday Agreement was signed, and a, a lot of people say it was a catalyst for it. Um, there was this thing called the Omaha bombing, where over 25 people—I'm not once again—I'm not exact on the numbers. I think it was 28, 27, 28, 29. A lot of people died just going shopping on a weekday for nothing. And for absolutely nothing, yeah, Jonathan people Ball and Tim silly. Perry
0: were going to buy Mother's Day cards.
1: There you go, and that was it, there. You have the Northern Ireland, the Irish Troubles experience. Mm-hmm. A lot of fucking people that didn't have anything to do with the bullshit dragged into the bullshit. Right,
0: and that's what this song is about. And you can only imagine that um, <laughs> we. I just watched. Uh, I think I, I don't. I can't remember. We talked about it. I had some friends over, and uh, we watched uh, The Usual Suspects. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoiler alert, if you've never seen it. There's this tale that's told by Verbal Kent that he had heard about Kaiser Sose about how the Hungarian mob came into his house and raped his wife and grabbed his kids and waited for him to come home to let them know that they meant business, to let him know that they meant business. And he gets there and they slit one of the kids' throats. And, uh, you know, they say, this is how much business we mean. You know, you need to let us have control over this area. And so Kaiser Soze shoots his kids and shoots his wife and then kills all of them and leaves one guy to run back and say, basically, let others know how serious I am and that I'm willing to kill my own family, and you can't help but wonder that, you know, some of this, though this is not like a tit for tat thing here, that some of this is, this is how far we're willing to go to show you how serious we are about our cause. And by not letting us win you are partially responsible for some of this. It's, you can't help but mm. have that feeling. I, I believe that a portion of that existed. I believe that uh, I,
1: personally, I think that a lot of the military action taken by both sides was ego and yeah. tribalism. It's you know look there's how, a bunch of there's it, a bunch of it, a lot of stuff. It kind of plays into that. you know look how big and bad I can be and look at the links that I'm willing to go you know there there is that that's um that's a big big part of it if you want to know anything more about it go out and uh and, and read about it it's it's a, an amazing thing that happened and it's amazing that they were able to come to the table and go across there's a great movie involving two guys one called uh, Martin McGinnis, another one named Ian Paisley it's a movie about how they were coerced to the table by some people within the British government, it's a fan- I don't remember the name of it, but it's really good. There are songs written about these things. Um, you can go out and listen to. There are sectarian songs that, even if you don't like the sectarianism, that I think are kind of fun and good songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are songs that that express the the uh, the pain that people in Ireland have gone through throughout the years. One of them being, uh, if you want to listen to it, it's by the po. It's not by the Pogues. It's a, uh, the best version is by the Pogues. Um, it's called Kitty. Uh, it's sung by Dolores O'Rudian, and uh, on one version, and the other one is uh, Shane McGowan. A fantastic. That's actually, the presidency
0: of the United States of America does
1: Kitty. I realize that there's a really there's a song there's an Irish nationalist song about you know fighting. It's called Johnston's Motor Car. It's really kind of the the, the subject matter is eh, you know you don't want to really get into it, but it's a a good song. And there is a Fantastic song that I think beautifully expresses the Irish experience over the last thousand years called Fields of Athenry. Go check out that song. It is a beautiful, beautiful song. Definitely worth listening
0: to if you don't know anything about it. Mark, the yeah. cranberries. The cranberries. Um,. Yeah. Real quick. I just want to mention a couple of things. Um, I mean, we can kind of get into the history of the cranberries. I I, I honestly don't have a whole, whole lot about the history of them though. I probably should. I mean, we talked a little bit about them having an album right before this and them doing this and we'll talk a little bit more about that.
1: Let's give them a little bit of a formed in 1989 in Limerick, Ireland. This Mm -hmm. is a place with a very, very deep accent. (laughs) If you've ever been there, they had super deep accents. Um, was a bu- was a couple of brothers, um, a guy named uh, originally Niall Quinn, another one named Noel Hogan, Hogan uh, bassist named Mike Hogan, drummer Fergal Lawler, and uh, one day when they were recording, this little girl showed up on a scooter, and uh, she and they thought that she was very small. What what's the word that I'm looking for here? tiny, timid, timid and she stepped forward to a microphone, and they heard this. Beautiful, lilting, gorgeous voice that I uh, could not agree with them more. Is she's got a gorgeous voice, absolutely. Um, and uh, and it was off to the races from there. How not, lucky! How not, fortuitous! Not, that, yeah, that apparently she just showed up, you know, to a to a rehearsal, and um, yeah, and they went off, and and not long after that, recorded. Um, everyone else is doing it, so why can't we? has got linger. Is kind of was their exposition to the world um uh dreams which is an incredibly beautiful song probably my favorite song by them is one called ode to my family that is just absolutely gorgeous and beautiful lyrics um but then on their second record this song came forward um
0: a couple of weeks after the song was released uh, on august 31st 1994 the ira declared a ceasefire after 25 years of conflict though the Troubles didn't end, like Seth mentioned, until 1998. Um, s- leading some critics of the Cranberries to wonder if the IRA was willing to call a truce to make sure the group didn't release any more songs about them. <laughs> uh, which is, uh, you know... Kind of uh, funny, uh, I suppose. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't see I don't the know. IRA just being like, look, we, we're willing to deal with kids getting killed, but uh, well, I don't know about having a number one hit. <laughs> Uh, Stranger things things have happened,
1: but, you know... This
0: song reached number one on the charts of Australia, Belgium, Denmark, France, Germany, and Ireland, as well as on the U.S. Billboard Modern Rock Tracks chart. Voted by Australian radio Triple J listeners as number one on the 1994 Triple J Hottest 100 chart. Um, It also won Best Song at the 1995 MTV Europe Music Awards. Mm -hmm. Um, People are people are nuts about this fucking song and with good reason. Do you have,
1: what are your initial feelings on the song? I know you're going to get into it later, but well,
0: I mean, there's two ways for me to look at the song, the song as far as, I mean, the song leans heavily on dynamics. Yes. It has got a loud, quiet, loud thing going on back and forth and her vocals. I mean, they hang their hat on those things. It is the same chord progression literally over and over again. I think the only time the chord progression changes at all is right at the end where the bass does a little back and forth thing instead of going through the whole chord progression um, right before the guitar solo. But I mean, it is a very affecting song. I think even when you hear, so my, my guess here, I think our, I, I, speaking for you a little bit and feel free to tell me if I'm wrong. Our guess here is that people don't know. People know that the song is about something to do with war, but maybe did not know all of what you just told them. And specifically that the song was written um, by Dolores O'Riordan, specifically about the Warrington bombings and about those two children that were killed um, and, you know, killed in England um, by the IRA, um, just you know, some more tit for tat. The bombs and affected the whole forth. British Isles, yeah,
1: Ireland and England. There was a lot.
0: When all was said and done, um, three thousand five hundred people died, and thousand more, thousands more were injured in the troubles. Um, the uh during the campaign, Republican and Unionist paramilitaries, as well as the British Army, killed thousands of people during this time. Over ten thousand bomb attacks mm-hmm. were perpetrated by paramilitary groups in Ireland and England. And I remember being young and I remember hearing about car bombs and I remember specifically hearing about Irish car bombs, the drink ha 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 in America, LOL holding on to our stomachs. How funny is that? It's Guinness and it's Jameson inside the Guinness the Bailey's. This is so funny. It's an Irish car bomb mm-hmm. um, without people realizing uh what that meant Mm -hmm. um and uh, i think that there was largely a um ignorance to what was going on in ireland and england at that time
1: i heard recently in quotation marks a joke from the from ireland that uh, an irish car bomb by the way in the united states is bailey's in a guinness Okay, it's Bailey's in again. That's I what thought it there is.
0: was I thought there was Jameson too. But no, or it could be Jameson. I'm sorry. Knows. Yeah, yeah
1: Jameson. Sort of. But um but in the uh, but they say they make a joke about it that it's not referred to as an Irish car bomb over there. Over there it's referred to as a Twin Towers. Haha, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, <laughs> you get it. Oh,
0: I get it. Yeah, I mean, we deserve it. Deserved, <laughs> I mean, <it's>, yeah. <laughs> I don't know who is the person who came up with the name. I'm sure, you know, you can kind of go back or whatever. Um but Uh, Yeah, I mean, this is a response of Dolores O'Riordan on tour, writing more live stuff, writing more of her feelings, being on the road, uh, not just being, you know, cooped up in limerick where you're nice and safe, um, as safe as you can be. (laughs) Sort of. Um, (laughs) of. But being out on the road and, and, you know, seeing the stuff that they say they see. And she said this song came to her very, very fast. She, quote, had a feeling that she had to write a song that reflected upon the event uh, once she had heard about it. She wrote the song on acoustic, bring it uh, to band practice, had them go through, uh, you know, do it through electric guitar. And then uh, was quote, this is from the Wikipedia adamant that she wanted more distortion pedals on the guitars and asked for more strength than usual in drumming. Um, And, you know, or Reardon said in 2017 a couple years before she passed that it was the most aggressive song that they had written. Uh, and like I mentioned, I mean, a lot of people th- saw it as kind of their foray into grunge, though it had, you know, this is a song that sounded angry because it was actually angry. Yeah, it wasn't um, it wasn't, you know, uh Existentialism or whatever the other things that, uh, or apathy that the other um, you know white guys from Seattle were dealing oh, with. Oh yeah, yeah. This good was, point. This was real deal shit. Look at look at what came out that year.
1: Yeah. I mean, you had you had In Utero, mm-hmm. you had um, you had a, a Tuesday Night Music Club, oh. you had a Jagged Little Pill, which was you know essentially a giant, in my opinion, somewhat even though I like the record, a wine fest. Mm. You know, I mean, but then Super Unknown maybe? I think so. Yeah, uh, Vitalogy. No, that was 95. Versus but, maybe? Ver, well, yeah, maybe Versus, yeah. But still, and then you had something that was extremely fucking real. Mm. I mean, very, very real. Yeah, yeah. And when I, were, I was working at a, a record store in Fort Myers, and I do remember, this was one of the big ones. This You ought to Know and this one people came in and asked for all I want to do you all you want to know and this freaking song on single all day long every fucking day it was huge yeah
0: yeah um so that you know now we'll we'll kind of go through the lyrics under that scope um I have a couple of things highlighted here and I'm going to do my best to kind of jump back and forth Please. um about some of the lyrics in particular and what Dolores O'Riordan has said um that they mean Um, so you know we start with uh this guitar with this kind of chorus effect on it uh the drums come in and everybody's just kind of plodding along um i i will say kind of while we're playing a little bit of music right here i did we've mentioned we've talked before that i used to do a live band karaoke we're talking a little bit about it before the hitting record and there was always a woman who wanted to do zombies I think there was maybe one night out of all the you know dozens of nights that we did live band karaoke there's maybe one night where someone didn't choose zombie um and it's a great song to sing but (laughs) it's so heavy heavy it's so fucking heavy and i don't think that people just really know how heavy it is another head hangs lowly child is slowly taken And the violence Caused such silence Who are we Mistaken But you see It's not me It's not my family In your head In your head They are fighting With their tanks And their bombs And their bombs And their guns In your head in your head they are crying there's so many
1: songs that we do that i sit here and i question and i'm wondering what's going on as you know as much as i read the lyrics and i try to be prepared ahead of time and i wonder what the person is probably thinking when they're writing and in this one this is not me bragging as a matter of fact it's kind of sad I know exactly what the fuck is going on Mm -hmm. with just about everything, and especially when it comes to that pre-chorus, the first lines to it. But we're going to go back to the first one. Another head hangs lowly. Child is slowly taken. I do want to just check. I have not yet, but I want to check. Um, but it just says, InGenius, this song is about the internal war of Northern Ireland, people that want to stay part of the UK. We've already been through all that. In particular, the song was written after two boys were killed in an IRA bomb. So I'm glad to see that the people on, um, on Genius uh, did, their, did their research, did, did, looked into it, and are writing the right things. At the very end, it says, that In this line, the death of children is acknowledged. Both sides are losing a loved one um, to the decades-long conflict. And that's that's correct. Yeah, I Little think simple, but
0: correct. I think some there's. I think there's just something about. Dolores O'Riordan, who was born in Ireland proper, mm-hmm. uh, condemning the IRA like a bombing that the IRA had instigated, that carries a very very heavy. It carries weight. Heavy thing. She is going against the tribe. Yeah.
1: That's what's happening.
0: And it's important. There were a lot of bombs going off in London. And I remember this one time a child was killed when a bomb was put in a rubbish bin. That's why there's that line in the song. A child is slowly taken. We were on a tour bus and I was near the location where it happened. So it really struck me hard. I was quite young, but I remember being devastated about the innocent children being pulled into that kind of thing. So I suppose that's why I was saying it's not me that even though I'm Irish it wasn't me I didn't do it because being Irish it was quite hard especially in the UK when there was so much tension I think there's more to that it's not me it's not my family I think there's more to that uh, and and I think
1: it's I think that's an expression of for so many years um nationalist families had watched children get killed and you have to be quiet you have to be quiet because it's your job, they're fighting a war, and um, you don't want to say things that are going to up, uh, you know, upset people. And it's kind of like pointing out the denial of people. You can see it's not my family. It's not me.
0: This mm-hmm. guilt does not reside with me. Particularly offended that terrorists claim to have carried out these acts in the name of Ireland are reared and asserted. The IRA are not me. I'm not the IRA. The Cranberries are not the IRA. My family are not. When it says in the song, "It's not me, it's not my family," that's what I'm saying. It's not Ireland. It's some idiots living in the past. I, I think she's uh, listen. She might be making that.
1: That's a very, very, uh, and I believe her explanation. I don't deny. I don't deny it. I, I don't deny that that is her explanation. I believe that there's more that can be taken from it
0: that she might not have even realized. That's definitely true. Yeah, I think you know that's why most uh, singers have that. It's open to interpretation yeah. uh, clause because, you know, you write something and you have something in mind, but you also don't want to rob someone someone of something that, you know, that certain words can speak to them. Um, because the second line of the, sec- of the pre-chorus
1: does, in your head, in your head, they are fighting. These, everyone, even the ones that are not directly involved in the bombing, even your complicit
0: in your silence it's in your head see so what i take from that is it's not me and it's not my family doing this it's in your head that my family and i are fighting and we are not you think so that's i mean that's yeah. what i get from i mean that. you can that's that's. we can't ask dolores now
1: entirely plausible um i like to think of it as you know you know that this conflict is going on in your head and we're all going to have to address it that's yeah. what I get from it, and uh, and I
0: mean, cheers to both interpretations, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, this line, uh, so when we're talking about the with the tank, with their tanks and their bombs and their bombs and their guns, I will say. Uh, it always bothered me that she said bombs twice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess if we're going like, to shit on a song that's about a horrific event. I was going to do it at um, the end, Mark. I'll, I'll go ahead and mention that. <laughs> Though I will say it is interesting. I did see in the Genius annotation, this line is also very similar to the line, we had guns and drums and drums and guns. Haru haru. In the anti-war song, Johnny I Hardly Knew Ya. Hmm. The song has been covered by several Irish bands. So uh, it is very interesting to me that they do repeat. Um, we had guns and drums and drums and guns, and this line is with their tanks and their bombs and their bombs and their guns um Could very well be a uh, a reference to that. Could be,
1: th- it, or it could be another inadvertent. And how much inadvertent shit is going on in this song?
0: That's just about damn near perfect. Well, with twelve thousand, ten thousand, or twelve thousand bombs released over thirty oh, years or so. Yeah. I guess if there's anything that you're going to say twice, bombs may as well be it. Because holy shit, that's a lot of fucking bombs.
1: When I went to Belfast, Mark, I flew in from uh, Gatwick. And it was 1994, the first time that I went over, and it was the perfect Irish day to fly into Belfast Belfast City Airport, now called George Best International. Um, I flew over the top, and there was a woman sitting next to me, and she said, oh, there it is. And we came down through the clouds, and it was gray, gray. It's a gray. I mean, it was so gray. Looked like very, very Victorian. And when I looked down, and the woman, looked, the woman on the plane next to me looked down, and she was like, oh, there's where they bombed the chip shop, and there's where they bombed this. And there's with it, and she just pointed out bomb sites, and you could see them from the
0: air. Jesus. You could see them; it looked like World War II down there, man. So then we get the chorus, and the chorus, uh, pretty basic: "In your head, in your head, zombie, 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 what's in your head? In your head, zombie." Zombie, zombie, uh, and a little yodeling action going in there. Yeah. We'll talk about all these things at the end, I think. So one thing that I thought was kind of interesting while I was doing a little bit of reading, um, regarding this song, um, this, I came across in the Wikipedia article or uh, um, yeah, uh, O'Riordan never revealed the origin of the zombie reference in the lyrics a concept which admits a personal interpretation of its meaning. However, there was a divergence of opinion among writers on the subject. Ed Power formulated his own hypothesis, saying that the word zombie was a commentary on how blindly cleaving to centuries-old prejudices can reduce one's capacity for independent thought. Graham Fuller commented, that the metaphor perhaps, quote, reanimates the children whose deaths inspired O'Reardon to write it. Sonia Saraya had a different view, saying that the zombie is not the dead children, but, quote, the dead children that populate your mind, the dead bodies you've seen in the images that you can't forget. Who do you think are the zombies here, Seth? All valid.
1: Um, I like that first interpretation the best. I think um, I think it's, you know, I, I you know, I, I, so much part of what makes this a good song is that so much of it, I do believe was inadvertent it, and, it, and it just came out that way. It, it totally, it, it, it really, really did. Um, <clears throat> as far as um, a commentary on blindly clinging to centuries old prejudices. Well, well dude, I, I saw that firsthand. I saw that absolutely 100% firsthand. The family that I stayed with um, there was um, Protestant. And when I first got there, they were just getting to the beginning of stepping out of a 30-year trouble. And when I got there, they sat me down and they said, well, one thing I called them Irish, and they were like, said, we're British. you know.'" And they, they kind of made sure that I knew that. And I, and I learned a lot. I learned a right. lot right from the get-go. And it, the place just absolutely fascinated me because one it, it looked like you know where a war had taken place for the most part and it was gray and it was dingy and everyone there was so damn happy they were just the happiest damn people that i'd ever seen yeah i couldn't believe it and um and i just and i wondered as i walked around in those first few days there like why is why where how did a how did this take place here and the family that i was staying with in east uh, east belfast in a place called Dundonald I'll never forget. There was a, a gentleman came in one day to work on their phone, and uh, and they and the guy came in and they had a wonderful conversation with the guy. He was really nice, and right. they started talking about where a pub was and where they had visited before, and they were very kind. and I listened to them make jokes back and forth, and there the it's a it's a province of natural born comedians, man. And when the guy left, the the kids came out of the back and went, "Dad is the Fenian gone?" Meaning it's a derogatory term. I was like for one how do you know i didn't he he would just look like just anybody else but the undercurrent was there you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and apparently it's still there it's totally still there now those same kids now these days are totally non-sectarian they are totally you know they have friends that are that are from the other sides and 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 it is slowly but surely going away but um i was just absolutely in shock but
0: it is such it is so ingrained in them yeah it's such a part of their fabric and that to me, so we'll talk, I'll talk, I'll just mention a little bit about the music video, which is a very depressing music video. Very. But the one thing that really struck me when I had read that there was no, um, you know, definitive what the zombie is supposed to entail. The music video is black and white. Dolores O'Riordan painted gold, kind of looking like Cleopatra. Um, kind of like a mixture of Cleopatra and Joan of Arc. Sort of saint. Standing by, yeah, standing by a, uh, a cross um, that she was either up on before or going to be put up on surrounded by children that have uh, bows and arrows and are kind of protecting her. Kind of
1: like cherubs around her. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: but the, the other footage, uh, you see some footage of. People from different. From the IRA, I'm guessing, and from a couple different, um... I can
1: give you a solid answer on this. You are looking at what I believe is probably a work, what they would call a working class, or rather, rundown nationalist neighborhood. You get that. You, I, I picked that up from the fact that the kids had hurleys, hurley sticks. It's a uh, typically a nationalist sport. It's a cool fucking game, if you ask me. It really is. Look it up. It's called hurley, um, and you would get that Not to from be that. confused with the Weezer album, right? Um, but It is also interspersed with pictures of other members of the band playing and pictures of paramilitary murals, which is a big part of that province. They are still there. And in the video, you see murals from both
0: sides. You see nationalist murals and loyalist murals. IRA, UDA, UFF, UVF, Bobby Sands. Yes. Uh, The music video is shot in Belfast. Um, Belfast Belf- <laughs> Well, in Maine, they say Belfast. Oh, okay. That's why I, I'm all fucked up. Oh, keep it going, Maynard. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, the, uh, the people, the, the, uh, uh, the soldiers that you see in the music video, um, are soldiers from the Argyle and Sutherland Highlanders, uh, quote, and it says here as evident from their thin red line, Tactical Recognition Flashes on Patrol in Northern Ireland. Um, To me, the other um, piece of the music video that you see is kind of what rang as the zombies for me, and this is children basically playing war games and fighting with each other, um, bred into the troubles, and basically at a young age, um, you know, Picking aside. Taught to hate. And exactly. And basically the zombies are the children that are just kind of indoctrinated into the system. Explanation number one. Yes. Yes. Um, And to me, I I think with that being in the music video without anybody having said it, that seems like, um, you know, what we experience a lot here in the South when it comes to racism or homophobia or transphobia in the United States, in the United States in Mm. general. Yes. But, uh, well, I shouldn't, let me say, I should not say South. Let me say rural areas, rural areas that are predominantly right leaning. Um, and without maybe a whole lot of experience with actually being around people that are different. My mom grew up in Maine. Um, the first black person she ever met was in her high school. Um, who was an exchange student named David Wugabuzzer? <laughs> now, awesome. because of her accent, I don't know if it was Wugabuzzer and she said it with a with a soft with that R with an a, the end that the New Englanders um, do, or if it was Wugabuzza, But she would always tell me she remembered that being the first black person she met in high school. Wow. So it's hard, um, you know. We forget how easy it is to be ignorant on something when you're not around it especially back then i'd say now there's a lot less of a a reason for it oh but once your excuses time, are being taken away rapidly <laughs> yeah, yeah, these days yeah yeah because you can talk to literally anybody from any fucking continent these little things in, in our hands two seconds yeah yeah um so it, it's uh, it's very different now than it was but to me that is what we're talking about when we uh when we talk about zombies um what's first two like Verse two, uh, you're going to be shocked to know is more sadness. <laughs> um, so we get the second verse after things calm down a little bit, another mother's break in heart is taking over when the violence causes silence, we must be mistaken. It's the same old theme since 1916. In your head, in your head, they're still fighting. With their tanks and their bombs and their bombs and their guns. In your head, in your head, they are dying.
1: It has to be, um, you know, Warrington... uh, me and Jennifer have been talking about this. So My wife has been talking so much about this lady. Save the best one for the second one, the most effective one, the one that hits home. And anybody out there that's had a kid is going to relate to verse 2 immediately. Right from the first line, another, mo- another mother's breaking heart is taken taken over, uh, meaning taken over. I'm sure it's got to be with grief, uh, obviously referring to the kids in Warrington bombing, both of them dying. Uh, parents just can't handle that shit. And that's obviously what she's talking about. Um, and the when the violence causes silence, we must be mistaken is once again reverting back to that, you know, the silence that we have to hold. Um, you know, the, the, the violence that we have to be quiet about, that people are being quiet about. Uh, you're mistaken
0: about it. It's time to speak up. It's time to say something. This is from um, this is from genius annotation the imagery used here in this verse as well as the music video depict the art theme of a mother's lost just like michelangelo's pieta this is reinforced through how dolores dresses in the music video okay. and how the children are all tied to poles well i gotta look that up so um there's there's something to chew on as far as the music video is concerned um i you know this verse speaks for itself um you know I think that the line when the violence causes silence we must be mistaken is so fucking good. I mean yeah. You know, like when when it's when the violence causes people to die, you know, silence maybe by a couple different ways, one by of course by death and these children being taken from their parents, uh, you know, shopping for mother's day cards, but also um, you know, the ability for the other side to no longer be able to have a voice. Um, something's fucked up. Yep. Something is wrong. Yep. And again, I can't be said enough, the fact that Dolores O'Riordan, who was O'Riordan in <laughs> S- Southern Ireland, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> the Republic, Mark. Yes, the oh, yeah. Republic. Um, <laughs> the fact that she was willing to, you know, put this out and basically say, Enough is enough. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Uh, it's, it's brave. Yes. Very and brave. it's the same old theme since 1916.
1: That yeah, Now, it, there's nothing, there's not going to be a more plain uh, explanation of what's going on here. 1916 was when the Easter Rising started. And that is when the beginning of the, th- that's technically when the liberation of Ireland started. And, There were people at the time that were very upset with the nationalist side because 1916, the Easter Rising that took place, these guys holed up in a library and they fought what were essentially a big giant pack of English killers that had just come back from the continent where they were involved in a war and they knew everything in the world about just mowing people down with no conscience and uh, they essentially got massacred and slaughtered, and the people on the nationalist side said, hey, you knew it was coming, and they spoke up, and they're like, you shouldn't have done this. Now, there is, once again, Mark, like I said at the beginning, they had a point. Mm -hmm. They had a point. They had a reason for fighting, and we all know that. Um, But um, it, it probably was a little easier to step forward and say this is a bad idea, especially seeing this massacre. However, that massacre turned into the catalyst for a wider expansion of the conflict that did, in fact, lead to the uh, Republic of Ireland or Ireland as it is formed today, even with the partition, um, meaning the Northern Irish part and the Republic part. But, uh, but that is, and uh, it's, it's probably the most short-sighted in that, me and you discussed it earlier, there's been fights going on in Ireland since its beginning, man. Yeah, you know, I mean they've the been
0: knocked down and yeah. kicked around and just treated like treated like absolute trash. I'm looking at they this are quite literally the redheaded stepchild of Western. I Europe. was yeah. I was gonna say that, but I decided to refrain myself. But from you a being head, a yeah. redhead, you can do it. I'm looking at this fucking uh, uh, you know to to be there, man. To be in the middle of all this shit. I'm looking at this mural that says years from now. They will ask you where you were when your comrades were dying on hunger strike. Shall you say you were with us or shall you say that you were conforming to the very system that drove us to our deaths? Now, I, I take I'm i not it, here to say that that's right. It's not. I'm not saying it is. It is not. But I mean, man, I, you know. It's that with your you you're are with, with us, us or you're, you're against, against us, us mentality yeah. that just causes so much bullshit and, in this world. And again, you know, letting your perceived moral high ground make you that will make you willing be willing to do unforgivable, unforgivable, and terrible things because you feel like you. God, what I wouldn't give to I fi- Man, if someone could find it, I would be over the fucking moon. Um, but you know, there was some quote that I had seen a long, long time ago that basically was summed up by the the terrible things that you're willing to do when you think that you have a moral high ground, how dangerous oh. it is for you to think that you you know that you that you have the 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 high ground in a situation suddenly your righteousness supersedes everything everything yeah fuck I mean everything Yeah. and it happens a lot in
1: religion guy I knew a long time ago I loved it he used to constantly say fuck your righteousness yeah yeah
0: Um, we get another chorus in your head in your head over and over again Um, and you know we get um, we get some more ups and downs I mean we get a guitar solo that's basically just Not a solo, it's like a, just a part. Mm -hmm. And it's a little solo-ish near the end, but it gets very angry. It gets very, very heavy. Um, There is, this is from an Alternative Nation article, and the article is called How the Cranberries Blew Away Nirvana with Definitive Grunge Song Zombie. They insisted on being genuine, original innovators crafting their own place in the ethos of alternative rock. The cranberries are masters of the craft, but O'Reardon's voice is just in a league all of its own. She makes no effort to hide her accent. In fact, adds a richness and character to her voice. O'Reardon lays it all out on the table, beautifully, uncompromising and unrelenting. O'Reardon sinks her hooks into you and holds you hostage, with her breathtaking vocal onslaught. How do you feel about that, Mark? I think that is absolutely positively fucking spot on. I think it's half right. Okay. Okay.
1: <clears throat> the part about um, the them being... Uh, to, to, to put them in the same category and compare them with Nirvana is... Pointless. It's two different, complete, completely different, two different things. You're, you're talking about one person that's dealing with personal issues. The other one is dealing with personal issues on a, on a community, on a state level uh, and on a tribal level. Um, now, as far as the music goes, we're going to get into that in a second. I, I actually disagree with him. I completely agree with him as far as the vocals. Um, Mm -hmm. It totally and completely, that zombie, 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 just whether you like it or not, it grabs you. It absolutely grabs you. Like abracadabra. Yeah. (laughs) It it absolutely um, and completely, totally grabs you. Um, I And this is where I'm going to get to how I feel about the song in total. Did it do good? Absolutely. Is it a good song? Yes, it's a good song. Um, I really like when songs have an effect far beyond what uh, uh, just them being. It ain't a song about a broken heart. No, it's not a well, song about lost love. I
0: disagree.
1: It, well, it, a different kind of broken. Yeah, heart. I'm sorry. I should have been lost. A different, kind of lost, sp- love, yeah, a different but- kind of lost love. But it's not. It's, you know, um, I will always love you. It ain't. You know, uh, it's, it's deeper. It's D it's, it's much deeper and, uh, and it's, and it's harder hitting. Uh, and I love it when, you know, I, I do like political songs when they come to the forefront and they're sincere. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. I am not a huge fan of the way that the song sounds. Um, I think that, the that the guitar is just a mid-range box of fuzz with very little definition, and if it weren't for her vocals and the bass line, you wouldn't get much from it. Now, the dynamics part, make it work. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the loud, quiet, loud, quiet, make the song work, and they drive the point and the vocals and the sound of the vocals to effect. I think that maybe they could have done a little better production-wise when it came to the sound of the guitars and maybe other things. So I'll just leave my criticism of the song at that. Okay. Is this a good song? Yes, it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Is it a great song in, in, in the scope of things? Absolutely. It's not my favorite song by them. I actually like Ode to My Family much, much more. Um,
0: but uh, I'll just leave it at that. That's cool. And I I completely see where you're coming from. And I will say that I I agree to a great extent um, that there is it's pointless. I mean, um, just like Sinead O'Connor, who withdrew uh, her nominations for a Grammy, (laughs) um, you know, music is not supposed to be a popularity contest. It's not supposed to be. I'm better than you. Everyone is making art. And you're making art predominantly for yourself. You hope that you can get some stuff off of your chest and you can get some thoughts out of your mind. And if other people can relate, then great. If then the question is... it's a wonderful is, thing. If the question however, is... However, you, you've talked for I'm like sorry. 20 minutes. You're right, so you're right. Least, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. So at least I know you're getting keyed up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm sorry. As, as soon as Ireland comes around. I mean, Ireland and no, music are two has of nothing your favorite to do with Ireland. Ireland. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, however, I do want to say that... you know, grunge. So I've had this conversation, I think maybe with you and I know I definitely have with some, when I went to play to Columbia in Columbia, we played a place that was a, a grunge bar. They played, you know, they were very, very big on audio slave, Chris Cornell, basically audio slave and, uh, and sound garden and, and other stuff. And it was, it was very grunge based. And I always thought it was interesting that there were these grunge bands ranging from Mudhoney to Pearl Jam to Stonewall Pilots. And these bands sounded so disparate and so, so different. It's, it's, you have to ask yourself, how are both of these things grunge? And I kind of came to the conclusion with talking with them and talking to some other people that grunge like punk was an attitude, was a, you know it was more about you know wearing flannel and and a certain kind of like attitude and aesthetic just like punk um you know the Minutemen were punk uh talking heads were punk now some of it was new wave mm-hmm. um but that was still kind of like a an offshoot of punk um and i think that grunge was kind of like that new punk movement it's What's going on on the radio? You've got Warren and you've got Poison and you got stuff like this. Um, we don't fit in that. We don't Wasp. fit in. Yeah. <laughs> a little coming up here for you. Um, we're doing something different and there is a feeling behind it and stuff. Um, but it's not necessarily about what the music sounded like. It was just kind of about the aesthetic. Is this song grunge? I mean, <clears throat> it's distorted. And it's emotional and it's angry. And, um, I, you know, I think that they are not a grunge band, but maybe this is close to being a grunge song. When I think of, um, Kurt Cobain talking about how, uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit was just a, pic- a Pixie's ripoff, where it was just quiet, loud, quiet. Well, this song is kind of the same exact thing. We've just got, you know, this, this roller coaster of loud, quiet, loud, quiet. Um, but man, I, the fact that it's coming from somewhere so deep and it is coming from a loss, not just of like person, your personal strife, but the personal strife of, you know, a country that you're from, um, warring with your neighbors, um, you know, the loss of people's children, people's family, um, man, it's fucking heavy Very. It's just fucking heavy. And it's, you know, I think you can kind of say sort of with a smirk on your face. This is as grunge as it gets. I mean, talk about loss and talk about pain. This is it. The quality of her self-expression
1: is so fluid and so easy and at the same time comes across without being a sledgehammer still retains the qualities of a sledgehammer. Yeah. You know, it's it's so soft and beautiful and uh and it hits so hard. And the quality of her art is uh is 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 shown in the in the fluidity. She said she wrote this very quick of her expression. Um I I I like everything that you know her. I like uh what she's done and it's not just because we're talking about a dead person here. Right. Um, she wrote good songs and she and she wrote good well lyrics that uh, that mean a lot. Some people are just good at expressing themselves. She's one of them. Mark, you're good at expressing yourself.
0: You know, I think I am, when I'm speaking, I think I can be okay at it. It's tough for me when it comes to lyrics. I've thought uh, for a long time about trying to write an album where I just kind of get some stuff out of my mind into songs, but lyrics, for some reason, having to put stuff to lyrics, I feel confines me too much, and so I never really did it. I'm never happy with lyrics that I write. Um, I'm a very literal writer as opposed to Mike Cosden, who, um, is a very poetic kind of writer and finds clever ways to get his thoughts out. Um, we both of us have one of those in our lives, don't we? We do. Yeah, we do indeed. Actually, I've got a couple. <laughs> um, <laughs> the critical reception, as I mentioned for the song was just, uh, you know, very, very good. Yeah. Uh, one of the defining songs of the alternative rock era. Um, the first, uh, Irish band, I believe to hit 1 billion plays on YouTube, mm. uh, with this song, um, Rebecca Black of the Belfast Telegraph described zombie as a quote, outraged response to the Warrington bombs while music reporter Mark Savage wrote that her pain was real, describing it as quote, a visceral response to the death of two children um neil mccormick uh music critic called this their quote fiercest song an accusatory lamp- lament it grapples with the endless recriminations of the irish troubles with a slow rolling bassline and thumping mid tempo mm. beat finding tension between melodic delicacy and introspection in the verses with a keening wailing chorus charged with distorted grungy guitars. That bass line is everything in this song. It is great, isn't yeah. it? I mean the bass tone, yeah. um yes, the bass yes, part, yes. all of that it's stuff. It's simple, but it works so well. Yeah. On January 16th, January 2018. I'm sorry. On January 16th of 2018, following O'Reardon's death, Colin Perry, the father of IRA victim Tim Perry, thanked O'Reardon for the quote, both majestic and also very real lyrics. Many people have become immune to the pain and suffering that so many people experienced during the armed campaign. He said to read the words written by an Irish band in such a compelling way was very, very powerful. Mm. The cranberries won best song, uh, at the MTV Europe music awards, beating out Michael Jackson seal, mm-hmm. the offspring and TLC. Uh, it did very, very well everywhere. It went people, like I said, just absolutely love the song. Um, the, um, the music video, as I mentioned, was shot in Belfast, um, by a gentleman by the name of Samuel bear and Samuel, um, bear last name basically spelled just like, uh, you know, the pills, the pain reliever, <laughs> the pain, the pain, reliever the pills, um, was a, uh, music video or is a music video director cinematographer visual artist etc. He is the one who did the music video for Smells Like Teen Spirit as well as No Rain by Blind Melon. Mm. He also did music videos for Michael Jackson, the Rolling Stones, Green Day, David Bowie, Iron Maiden, Garbage, the Strokes, Metallica, Ramones, The Smashing Pumpkins, Justin Timberlake, My Chemical Romance and more. So I guess you could say he's done okay. Yeah. Um he also has done uh commercials Ah, uh, including a Super Bowl spot for Chrysler um, and and you want an Emmy. Gotta make money to make the next piece of artwork? Yeah. yeah, well,
1: he's doing okay. He's doing this is kind of the definitive song about the troubles, I think. If you're gonna uh, reference one that is like that that is gonna give you a tone for feeling and an expression in the lyrics about the overall feelings of the troubles. I would kind of point to this one. There are others. Um, you know, there are other bands that you can listen to. Obviously, we all know about Sunday Bloody Sunday by U2. Yes. I actually like that song. I, I, I love old U2. A lot of people hate like U2. A There's a lot of uh, huge U2 vitriol that's being
0: spit out here well, lately. Bono is full of them or whatever. whatever I don't care. His name. If
1: you make a good song, it's a good song. He, I think he made a lot. Yeah. 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 I mean...
0: They, they were better back in the day than I think they are now, for what it's worth.
1: I think uh, Joshua Tree is fucking amazing.
0: Yeah, Joshua it's Tree and, and War and Rattle and Hum oh, even, yeah. um, you know, yeah. are some classics.
1: There's even some some great later stuff. You're right. Nothing compares to those early ones. Nothing compares um, to them. Yeah, exactly. Um, Streets of Sorrow by the Pogues is a really good version. There's a very famous song by the Wolf Tones called Men Behind the Wire. While I think it's a cool sounding song... And a and uh, and and kind of a cool song in a way. Uh, the message of Men Behind the Wire is complete bullshit. Um, do not—I mean, go ahead, listen to it because it is a piece of artwork and deserves your time. Do not take it seriously, and remember that there are political motivations to a lot of this stuff. For people that we know personally, there's a great band from Belfast, Northern Ireland that summed up the late 70s, early expl- uh, early 80s Belfast experience uh, in hard rock music, and they're called the Stiff Little Fingers, oh, yeah. and they have songs like Wasted Life and Suspect Device that all cover what life is like in Northern Ireland during the Troubles, and, and they're pretty damn good, and uh, I think you should go out and listen to them. Uh, in the years following, there's been a lot of good music that has come out of Northern Ireland and Ireland. I'm a big fan of trad music, um, but you know we're kind of focusing on you know this specific topic, and I wanted to give instances
0: of that. Mark, do you have a creep factor on this song? Well, I got a couple things I kind of want to I want to wrap there are up. Are other here. things to say? I should say. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Oh, no problem. Um, I do want to mention briefly that a band called Bad Wolves, a metal band, um, released a cover of the song in January of 2018. Dolores O'Riordan was scheduled to record vocals oh. the day that she died. Man, that sucks. They thought about holding on to it and not releasing it. They decided ultimately to go ahead and release it anyway. The music video for Zombie was also banned by the BBC because of its violent images. What the f- uh, was was serious? <laughs> yes, it was also banned by the RTE, which is Ireland's national broadcaster. What the shame on fucking them? Are you kidding me? Instead, both BBC and the RTE opted to broadcast an edited version focusing on footage of the band in a live performance, a version that the Cranberries uh. essentially disowned. Despite their efforts to maintain the original v- video out of view from the public, some of the initial footage prevailed with scenes of children holding guns. Um, so, well, I mean, dude, that's what the fuck happened. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Uh, you you
1: need to put that show. I'm sorry. You don't like, I'm sorry. You don't like the way this little slice of Irish life, British life is served up people. Here's Uh, your sanitized fucking version.
0: Yeah. A little bit more of a, um, of a fine uh point on what i uh, something i said earlier on april teen, 18 <laughs> on april 18th 2020 the I'm official music it. video had succeeded in reaching over 1 billion views on youtube and became the first female-led song also first song by an irish artist and also the sixth song from the 20th century to reach the milestone wow of one 1 billion wasn't like the first video one, like videos. November Rain or something like that? I'm not sure. That, a, was, I think it was Sweet Child of Mine. That's what it was. That's interesting. First one to reach $1 billion. Um And, uh yeah, it was remastered in 4K resolution. Mm. Hell yeah. Uh, in November 2022, the song was voted as the greatest Irish hit of all time by RTE2FM listeners in compiling the ultimate Irish playlist for a television special shown Just don't watch on RTE1. Yeah, right. Well, you know, we all uh, we all fuck up and uh, I'm glad that ultimately they ended up doing the right thing. Um they also performed this at the 1994 Woodstock a month before it was released. Mm. Uh like I mentioned they they had played it a whole bunch while on tour. Um Creep Factor they're I mean they're it's not creepy, it's depressing, it's sad. Um you know, this is one of those cases where you're learning about something that You knew because they said bombs and guns, maybe that uh, it wasn't about something pleasant. But uh, yeah, and we'll have some more of these. I mean, I think this is kind of like talking about born in the USA is the closest thing I can think of to to something to compare to for a creep factor. I'm going to give it a point three.
1: Really? Yeah,
0: I'm going to go. I'm going to go all out on this one, kid.
1: Uh, I'm going to give this my first zero point zero. I mean, I might have done that before, but to be honest with you, I'll be, I'm proudly giving this a 0.0 because overall, do I mean, as a song, do I like the song? Yeah, I like it, but it's not like I think there were things that could have been done. Results wise, is it good for the world? Fuck
0: yeah. 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 This is a good song. You know what? You're right. It is, is a, a 0. 0.0. I don't know why I feel like song. there's got to be something on there. What did I say? 0. 0.2 or 3? 3. 0. Yeah. 0.0. Yeah.
1: I give it a, a resounding 0. 0.0. I think that anything that would deter people from listening to this song should be eliminated. Um, I think it should be a reminder, a
0: yeah. complete reminder. It should be put forward. I think it should be taught in schools. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I couldn't agree more. You want to do a song that's going to have a high creep factor? Are you ready? <laughs> So through uh through our Facebook, we had uh, a friend of the podcast, um, Mr. Spordon, yeah. uh, say we should do a song by Wasp. He said, "No, his words
1: were, F it, go all in, do Wasp.'" Okay, yeah. So, so so we said, so we're doing it.
0: Okay, and Seth being um the old late seventies, early eighties metalhead guy, um came to me and said well there's this one song called animal fuck like a beast (laughs) and that was somehow released as a single and so we're gonna do it and when we do it we're gonna have a very 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 special guest should i say who now yes uh we're gonna have doug davison from strip club moms (laughs) an old old best friend of seth he reached out to to doug and we were doug is someone we had very very early on our radar that we wanted to have him on we knew we knew we wanted to see what we could do. Um, there, and- is, there is not a better
1: song <laughs> that we could have. When I called him and put this forward to him, he went from, you know, he's got he laid back tones now these days and just, hey, man, how's it going? What's going on? Oh, yeah, I work today. Blah, blah, blah. Hey, would you be interested in doing Animal Fuck Like a Beast on my podcast? Are you serious? <laughs> really? really you, you want me to do that uh, yes. yes yes we do yes we do um and, and so he's do he, what we mark shall. described me as like the 70s 80s metal and i do know a lot about it but doug is we are getting the stephen hawking of <laughs> wasp fans i mean
0: he knows everything yeah about uh, this band so very very excited to have him and yeah go through a very weird <laughs> <laughs> Very it weird is. and problematic song So before next Monday Go ahead and listen to uh, Animal Fuck Like a Beast By the hit <laughs> band Wasp um does that stand for white anglo-saxon we are gonna, we gotta talk about it next okay week? Of, you, cor- of course Mar- you're right Doug's gonna tell us you're 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 right you're right i apologize it's great um it's anything great. you want to add before we yes
1: uh... uh thank you so much for mark for dealing with me going off on this oh, a little bit it's my pleasure i really tried to rein it back i whenever i I'm, the tour guide in me says inform them educate them, let them learn, especially when it's something that I care about. And I do care about this topic. Of course, And
0: I appreciate you guys dealing with me going Which is off. Why, one of the reasons I wanted to do it because I knew it was something that was near and dear to your heart. It mm-hmm. was something that you knew a lot about and um, that we could educate people on what the, what this song is actually about. And you, I think did a great job of giving us a succinct history. Yes. The Thank troubles you. and the history of Ireland, I think are something that everyone could do a lot of learning on it is very very interesting it's part of America and it's yeah it is it is very very interesting yeah
1: thank you so much for uh, dealing with that Um, thank you so much if you enjoy this show and you enjoy what we've talked about please go on the Facebook and the Instagram pages and let us know what you think and please go out there and tell a whole group of your friends the next time that you're having your beautiful little cocktail soiree at your home hey I know these two guys that talk about lyrics to songs and you should listen to them too because we all get together and and it enriches our lives let them know please come out uh um, listen to us mark
0: seth thank you guys so much for listening uh episode 137, 137. i think this is yeah. um so we are one away from 138 uh, which is <laughs> we should have done the misfits but uh you know we should have dug on for that one yeah. <laughs> yeah uh thank you guys so much for listening uh and we will be back next monday with wasp doing Animal. <laughs> Fuck like a beast on the next episode of Lyrics to Go.